Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Filipino American Woman Project. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my co-host with me who also helps writing and community managing and just being my emotional support a lot of times, Nani (laughs) Dominguez-Smith. Nani, welcome back to the Tifa Project. Yes, yes. That's what I'm here for. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back. Yes. And we are super excited today because we are releasing yet another bonus episode on the Tifa Project. It's actually kind of funny because we have consistently been publishing an episode once a month, like this year so far. We haven't entirely yeah. decided when season... What 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 would be our next season, Nani? Do you even know? <laughs> well, TBD, because... <laughs> We have some big things in the work for our next season. I think technically it would be season four. I think Um, so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're just thinking like a little outside the box lately. So we may or may not have some big surprises for you guys in the near future. Yes, exactly. And I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like with every month that we release a bonus episode, you and I have become more what's the word I'm looking for? Like we, we become more like sure of the next direction we're taking the show and even in our co-hosting relationship. Yeah. So I'm just excited. We continue to talk offline. Like Fridays is typically our time to meet and just kind of audit what we've been working on, what we built so far. And also learning from our new Discord community in which you all can join for free if you are yeah. a listener of the show and you just want to engage with other listeners or with Nani and myself, we are not as active on social media anymore, especially like I'm especially not active on there anymore. However, I was telling this to Nani offline that one thing I love doing now is sharing my life with everyone in Discord. Like I'll send pictures <laughs> of my dog, my cat, like my, yeah. you know, the last workout I did at the gym. Like there's something more fulfilling for me to share that with you know, our engaged listeners on Discord versus social media. And so Nani, I know that you and I have similar feelings about social media. So I'm curious what your thoughts are and what Discord has been like for you so far too. Yeah. I mean, I have been trying to be a little more active on Instagram than I have over the whole pandemic, essentially lately, just because I miss the community there and I miss like building our community and with us opening our Discord channel. I'm just like, you know, where did all our friends go? Hmm. So I didn't want to kind of lose touch with those people, I guess. So I did want to kind of revive that space. Um, But it's really, really taxing and tolling. Hmm. And like, it's like a weird addiction that you like pick up and then it's really hard to put down. But once you put it down, you feel so much better. And then for whatever reason, you just always feel compelled to 
pick it up again. So yeah, that's where I'm at in my love-hate relationship with social media. But what I really enjoy is the format of like the difference between cultivating that type of relationship on Instagram versus doing it in our Discord channel is A, those are people that join directly through like our newsletter or word of mouth or like, you know, direct invites that we sent them. And B, it's like a chat room style, you know, so yeah. you can post pictures, you can post videos, you can post memes and gif- gifs or gifs or whatever they're called. All the fun things that you would want to, you know, share on Instagram or even via text message or whatever, but it's just one big room. Yeah. And what I love about that is when I'm not able to plug in as much as you guys are, like I can come back to it at any time and catch up. Like I don't miss anything. (laughs) So there's no like FOMO. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You just scroll up (laughs) and Discord tells you like, hey, you have like, you know, X amount of unread messages. Yeah. So yeah, it's been such a pleasure to have created this community with you, Nani, earlier on this year. Just shout out to our general community for having suggested it. And it's just been a blast. Like I look forward to opening up my Discord. Like I have all my notifications off on my phone for the most part. But like when I open it up, it's like, oh, I got like unread messages. And it's just been a great community to learn from all of you. And I've been learning a lot about even myself and the direction of the show because of, you know, who we're Mm -hmm. engaging with. So if you have been an avid listener of our show, when people often join our community, they're like, oh, I've been listening to you for, you know, since day one, you know, and now they're finally like making themselves visible to us. Yeah. If you want to make yourself visible to us now and engage with us in our community, we highly encourage you to join us on Discord, which is free to join. You just have to download an app on your phone. Or if you want to set healthy boundaries, just log in via desktop. And, you know, we're happy to have you join us. And the reason why I bring up Discord, Nani, is because our special guest today has been highly, highly involved in our Discord community so much that, you know, they had shared their journey back to the Philippines with us. So I'm extremely excited to welcome our guest today, our special guest for this bonus episode of the Tifa Project. I took notes, so y'all get ready. She is the malevolent Suki, who is a cowgirl, lesbian, rock climbing coach. Suki, we are extremely, extremely happy to have you here. This doesn't even feel new because I feel like I already know you because of your involvement with Discord. So Suki, welcome to the Tifa Project. I'm just excited to chat it up with you today, but welcome. Thank you so much. This means a lot to me. I've been looking forward to this for like weeks. Since you contacted me shortly after I returned from the Philippines, it was so exciting to see that note from you on Discord saying, hey, can we interview about your trip? Like that meant the world to me, honestly. We were plotting on you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, um, I was following your Instagram stories and I was like, oh, we have you. to talk to her when she comes back. <laughs> I'm glad you kept up with that because I yeah. gave up. Like it was just so much to post that I ended up retreating to Facebook where it was easier to post everything at once. Yeah. And if you like follow me on Facebook, you see me saying like day one, day two, day three, photos, videos. I was able to tag all of my Filipino relatives mm, and my yeah. family, of course, in Vermont, yeah. where I live currently. And, and that just like made it just so much easier to enjoy my day. And then depending on how I felt, just like post farther about it. Or sometimes I even just woke up at like five in the morning and I would post for like two hours because I was just so excited for the next day. So like, I, I know. Really- and I could tell you could totally feel your energy and just, I love how dedicated you were to capturing everything and also sharing it. It seemed like you were able to like 
take in your experiences and process them at such a fast pace. I was really impressed because when I went, I felt like I shared the same like vibe that you were giving off and kind of excitement that you had, but I was not able to like catch and release the information so quickly. I was like, okay, catch it. And I have to like sit on this for a while to process it. So I appreciated you sharing your kind of like thorough experience with us while you you were still there. It was really, really special. It was just like, everything was so heartwarming. I wanted to cry. (laughs) It's funny you say that because my best friend, Aylin, who I wish was joining us, he was the one on the phone I was trying to call. Uh He he said the same thing. He was like, wow, she's doing a lot. And just like, each day. Yeah. And yeah. I, have to, I have to give that credit to my familia. I had 11 siblings on my mom's side taking videos and photos for me. Nice. <laughs> and good day, point. Good point. Like I had to work as much. I mean, yeah. the downloading that was, you know, I had to download. Took time. Them. Yeah. So that helped. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. You, where did you go, Nani? How long ago did you go? I went the, at the start of 2020, so right before the pandemic, or when COVID-19 hit, I was in the Philippines. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was my last trip. <laughs> yeah, and then also, what was that volcano that happened, Nani, where you oh, had yeah. to like push back your trip a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so I went with a group of friends, but I was planning to go one week earlier than them originally so that I could go to meet my family there because I also have family. I mean, I've met them because they come here to visit us, but I've never gone to where they live in the Philippines. So I was going to do that for like five or six days before my friends got there. And the Ta'al volcano ended up erupting the morning that I was supposed to fly out. And so they canceled my flight and didn't reschedule it until the day that my friends were going. So we all just ended up going up together and I didn't get to see my family. <laughs> yeah. So I still haven't seen them. That would have been your first time going to the Philippines to meet. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, it was my first trip, my first and only. So I was also trying to arrange a trip this year to take Hero for his first birthday or after his first birthday. Well, it was more for my birthday, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> It was definitely going to be for my birthday, but yeah, traveling with a one-year-old is like not the the fun. We just took him to Hawaii on like a six-hour flight and that was a lot. So I don't think I'm ready for like the 14, 15-hour flights yet. (laughs) We'll we'll wait till he gets out of the car seat maybe. (laughs) Yeah. You know, part of why Nani and I thought it'd be great to interview you, Suki, is just because of how quickly you wanted to engage with us. I mean, you were listening to the podcast for about like, what, two weeks before you joined our Discord community. And I was just extremely like humbled at how much you were willing to share so much of yourself in our community when like, you know, you barely knew us and we barely knew you, but it just seemed like we caught you at a time where you were all about like self-discovery and connecting with your biological family. So to me, it just felt right to bring you on the show. And Nani and I have talked about this uh, offline, but you know, part of why we haven't really started the new season is because we are primarily focused on nurturing our relationships. Like we don't want to just interview people just for the sake of interviewing them anymore. Like, I mean, we did that when we first started and it was easy because we were in the pandemic and like, where else is anyone going to go? So it was really easy to 
just interview anyone and everyone. But as Nani and I have become busier in our lives, we started to be like, you know what, we want meaningful relationships. And we don't want to just interview someone who is just going to be gone the next day. And I'm not trying to like hint at anyone in particular and our past guests or anything. But, you know, I think community building is extremely important to us right now. And, you know, to see how quickly you dove into our community, it just felt right. And it felt natural to invite you to be on our show. So I just want to say thank you for just being so open and trusting very early on. It really means a lot to us. Thank you. That, that's so sweet to hear because I was kind of a, a lost dark time in that moment because I think it was still kind of winter, I believe. Like it was still snowing, I think. And here mm-hmm. in Vermont, winter lasts almost to May. And, and that's just too long. And a lot of my closest friends moved out of state. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in my partner group, my best friend, Aylin, who was, I was hoping to have join us. And like I was just miserable with my job and I was a lift operator. So I was out in the snow. So I'm getting up early, really, really, really early in the dark and being home by dark. So like I was just kind of depressed and they're pissing me off at work. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, ah, I just feel lonely. And like, so twice a year because of my jobs, I do have seasonal layoffs that I mm. can enjoy. And I knew this one was coming up and I was like, hmm, I don't know if I want to move or if I'm going to stay. What am I going to do with this free time? I was excited to like enjoy that time up. But at the same time, I was like, I want to do something with that, something meaningful and productive and and not like work productive, like just nurturing for myself and self-healing. And I did think about the Philippines. I was thinking about the Philippines for a long time, like some Mm. stuff, like maybe for about a year. But I thought I was going to move, so I held off. And then moving may not be happening, so I thought, oh, maybe I'll go. But then I was like, overwhelmed. I was overwhelming myself from overcomplicating my trip to Philippines. I was thinking during my seasonal layoff, I'm going to spend, am I going to spend two weeks, a month, three months, the whole seasonal layoff in the Philippines? Do I want to explore all the Philippines or just visit family? Should I do both? And like, it was getting to that point where I was scaring myself um, mm. because I felt the need to suddenly be. Uh, Filipino-fy myself. Like I, I try to bring out everything Filipino, culture, books, and um, learning the language, etc. And I just scared mm-hmm. myself. Uh, it was daunting, especially since yeah. I was going back and forth with this decision. So where my mom comes in in this is that she was very supportive and nurturing, and she's just always been a good listener. And she listened to me just like rant about this. What like we weren't even like talking about anything important. We were just like chatting. And she goes, how come you don't go now? And I'm like, and I told her about me overcomplicating. And she goes, just just keep it simple. Just visit your family. Because that's the most important. Because you just expressed that you're worried that your birth mother is, like, she's really old. She's, like, probably 70s right now. And mm-hmm. she's blind, too. So, like, I've already lost that chance to, like, meet her so that she could see me and see how I grew up and everything. So she said, go meet your family. And then just go to the Philippines another time to enjoy the culture and explore more. And like, just hearing her say that, it was like, just like one sentence. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, oh, duh. Literally that same night, like a minute later, (laughs) she goes, go book the flights. And I was like, thank you, mom. (laughs) I didn't even hear that. So I booked the flights. And by booking them right away, I was able to commit and uh, start prepping. So, like, you know, looking up COVID policies checking in with both jobs because I'm always working both jobs and yeah it all went from there all thank all thanks to my mom who I think knew this day was gonna come she just 
Yeah. Um, It's waiting for you to initiate it. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I feel like we all need someone in our lives like that, that just like kind of takes us out of our own minds and is like, this is what you're saying you want. This is what you can do. Go get it, you know? And like, you're really lucky to have that person be someone so close to you, like your mom. I am lucky to be very close to my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you are listening to this um, interview right now, we actually also have a video option, which you can, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And so actually, Suki's mom is here and we have her muted right now. She just wanted to listen in, but she's waving if you are watching via video. And Barbara, it's uh, such a pleasure to have you and to put a face to Suki's mom. So we're just really honored and also just extremely grateful you know, that you have, you know, you raised Suki to be the incredible person that she is today. And just, you know, just thank you for being here (laughs) is is really, really what I want to say. In addition to that, Suki, we also have another good friend (laughs) joining us in the audience. So why don't you just give a quick shout out to Lish here? And then Lish, if you want to say a couple of things, I know that you had worked with Suki a little bit in kind of helping her plan her trip. So Suki, if you want to speak first, and then Lish, feel free to introduce yourself afterward. So this is Lish Rimshim, fish, (laughs) flying fish, the fish fly at night. This is my one of my best friends slash she is my ex-girlfriend, but unapologetically, we I'm just so lucky we've maintained a healthy, supportive friendship. And I think it's important to practice that with any relationship, romantic or not. Like it's just life is too short to cut off people. Unless it's toxic. Obviously, if it's toxic, then like, but <laughs> I love that. She, that's a different story. Go watch your video. Okay. You should have saw what Suki just did. We can talk about that on Discord. Yes, yes. relationships channel. Toxic yes. relationships and healthy ones and and healthy people. ones. Yes, yeah, thank you. To know that difference, and so I'm just grateful to have Lish. Like, she's just always been just a compassionate person, one of the most compassionate people I know, and also just an amazing hard worker. Like I can't do what she does she's just always at it she's on the go 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 and i want to uh publicly congratulate her for her recent promotion i feel like every time i talk to her she's getting another promotion that's how like oh get it congratulations yeah Yeah. she wants she can tell you guys about that and more about herself lish (laughs) thank you suki what i what hello everyone i have a few dogs barking in the background so i apologize for that what i want to say most about Suki is that she is just flat out a genuine person. She is like, I love the word unapologetically. She's unapologetically honest. She's unapologetically supportive of, pe- of, of people, of people's rights, of their hearts, of their well-being, of their minds. I can't say enough positive things about Suki and just like the love that we share and how thankful I am to be a part of her life. So I think that, you know, her mom, Barbara, has, you know, made more significant strides in planning this most recent trip. I'm always the type of person who I won't make the the decision for you. I'm never going to make the decision for you, but I will always say like that I'm here for whatever decision that you make. And so I'm just so happy that Suki was able to, you know, come to this realization and have such a fantastic time off of it. Hmm. 
that's so beautiful. You have such a nice, strong support system, Suki. I don't think, or actually I'm positive that none of my exes would speak about me that way. (laughs) I I think same. I don't think that I could ever expect any of them to say anything of that sort. Not that we don't, you know, like have kind and cordial relationships, but I've never stayed close with an ex, I guess, like that or in like a platonic way after. So I really admire that about your guys' relationship and how much respect that is just like there. I mean, obviously, I don't know any of the details except for that Lish kept the cat. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I love to see any model of like healthy relationships like we were just talking about. We always kind of focus on the chismis of like the toxicity of relationships and what does it actually look like to normalize healthy behavior. So yeah, I think that it's really powerful, Lish, for you to be joining us today. Thank you. And it's really great to meet you and Barbara both. And yeah. I'm glad that Suki's vibe kind of rubs off on everyone, no matter if she's met you for five minutes or five years, you know? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like you said, it's very genuine. Like you just, you're so authentic and it's just so transparent. It's refreshing to be around. Thank you. Oh my yeah. God, that's so sweet. You guys are like celebrities to me. Not the, not oh, that I, I, know like I know you don't like being put up on pedestals, but I'm going to do it to you anyway. <laughs> well, I just, I want to like, give Nani and I a pat on our back because we manifested this. You know what I mean? Like the years of us doing the show together and, you know, really being clear with the type of community and the type of people we want to be around. Like very often we talk about chosen family and as hard as, as hard as it is to sometimes, you know, distance ourselves from toxic family members and relatives. I think part of what it means to be an adult is to know what your needs are, you know, set those healthy boundaries and choose your chosen family. So I think that like Suki is really a manifestation of, you know, what we've built together. So I just, I just wanted to like say that on the side and say, yeah, yes, we did it. (laughs) I know. No, I think that we often talk about, you know, how people will email us like long novels wanting to share kind of the impact that the show has had on them and things like that. And I think that Suki contacted us at like the perfect time because we were just kind of pivoting to focusing more of our attention on our newsletter and starting this new discord community. And then, you know, Suki and Jeremy really (laughs) took the discord channel and, you know, they're like the pillars of our discord channel. Some of the pillars. You guys are hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're all entertained by your conversation and we don't even have to like play into it, you know? He's not here to add to that. I know, oh, yeah. I, I know. I bet he's he? coming late. I bet he's coming <laughs> oh, late, y'all. He's, he's, he's like, like no time. Yeah. Sitting, sitting, moving. <laughs> yeah, he's he'll be here at some point. But <laughs> yeah, we appreciate how much you've shared with us. And even, you know, going as far as like getting a journal just to take notes on the podcast that you're listening to. Like, you know, I remember those days when we were having those conversations and they were so kind of like, life-changing for all of us like Jen and I were just talking Mm -hmm. about before we started talking to you guys on this call was you know we used to cry so much so much more in those days and it's a testament to how far the show has grown and how much we've normalized those kinds of conversations in these communities and in these spaces so 
for you to feel comfortable enough to reach out to us and be so vulnerable, so open, so transparent. And that's just you being you, you know, but to us, that was really something that we worked hard to build, you know, this safe space for people to do that. So we just appreciate you taking advantage of it and, and being here. Yeah, I like that emphasis on safe space. I think that's so yeah. important to let people know about this podcast and community. Yeah. Well, um, love fest aside, let's go ahead and move <laughs> <My> on <laughs> and learn a little bit more about Suki. So to our listeners, you probably have a lot of questions now based on what we have shared so far. So Suki, one of the main questions we always love to ask, because I feel like we get different answers on this almost every time. As you know, the show is called the Filipino American Woman Project. And we often describe the Filipino American woman as someone who identifies as female, who is American of Filipino descent. And oddly enough, that means something different for everyone, you know, like, and so I would love to hear a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. Okay. We started off in Rhode Island when, after they adopted me, mm. and then we moved here to enjoy the nature, probably when I was in fourth grade. But just a little bit, Vermont was a little less diverse than Rhode Island. So growing up, even though I had a, an amazing childhood, like I have nothing to complain about my childhood. I had a blast. I was just like little Princess Mononoke in Miyazaki's film, just like <laughs> playing around with, in nature with friends, being sociable, and like really taking advantage of the nature around me as my big backyard. But I realized in my school, I was like one of, I don't know, 10 colored people, BIPOCs. And, and I was aware of that right away. Like, don't believe what anyone said when someone says like, oh, children can't see color or learn sexuality or whatever as a kid. Mm -hmm. like, if a child like me can realize that they are brown and not white and that they're being treated differently, like they can learn anything. So Absolutely. I knew right away, but like I didn't let it bother me because my parents raised me to be proud of who I am. Like they didn't keep it a secret that I was adopted. I knew that right away. Mm -hmm. And so like... Even though it was a known fact, I just like, you know, I just put a free life, happy little Suki, just doing her shit. And I think it wasn't until the Black Lives Matter movement, I realized how important it was to embrace not just like your different skin color, but the culture you came from and how important it was to connect with people who look like you. And there's something about the Black Lives Matter movement that made me realize, wow, there's a lot that even we BIPOCs have been misled on when it came to the history of race, systematic racism and how that just all connects with what we deal with, whether we're black, brown, indigenous, and if we're adopted like me, how that makes us feel even more alone in a white state like Vermont. Vermont is like the whitest state in the country. And then in Stowe, Vermont specifically, it's even whiter. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying whites sound like I have disdain for white people. I'm just stating facts. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. surrounded by white people. I'm in a white state, literally white because it's snowing here most of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is white. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, I think knowing that and like listening all the Black Lives Matter speeches and just learning about diversity through them and not through inaccurate, incomplete historical books of our country learning through actual BIPOCs at these speeches or following them on social media because I befriended them and I got to know them like 
that's learning and that is important in discovering what it means to be a mix or a, a biracial or adoptee, et cetera. And so to answer your question, I identify as Filipino American because I'm adopted from the Philippines. I did not grow up there. I had no connections whatsoever until, of course, contacting my birth family. I had no connections with anyone of any color. Like, I think I had like one African American friend and like maybe like two Asian friends in high school, but like I wasn't really that close to them. And we all know that in some point in our lives, as BIPOCs, we have suffered and endured imposter syndrome, assimilation, internal racism. So that I feel I was all of that where I just was for no good reason, not unbeknownst to me, I was subconsciously detaching myself or distancing myself from other BIPOCs because it was a way to protect myself from whatever judgment I knew I would get from my white peers. So I think I digress, but I'm Filipino American woman because I didn't grow up in the Philippines and but I still am clearly Filipino. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I don't know where to go with that. I just kind of got lost in this web of things that I just want to get out of my mouth, but I haven't really put in order properly. But I'm glad to say now that I'm definitely like proudly 100% without doubt. I am a proud Filipino American and I am Filipino first, American second. I'm not American Filipino. I am definitely Filipino American because I have so much love in my country after having just returned from hanging out with all my relatives and getting to know, especially my birth mother and my sister and my niece and, and just being part of it with ease. Like, even though I couldn't speak the language, it was so easy to be around people who look like you because you don't have to go through that shit that you go through here in America. Like, where are you from? <laughs> uh, what's nationality? Oh, my ex-wife was Filipino. I'm like, dude, I don't want to relate to you that way. <laughs> like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're surrounded by people who are you and you're who look like you. Yeah. So Yeah. No, I would love just like some context. So on this trip specifically. So if you can give some context about mm -hmm. what your relationship was like to your birth family before you went and what was the kind of form of contact that you had with them before you met them or decided to take this trip to go meet them. And then how did your experience there, visiting them, meeting them for the first time, seeing the Philippines for the first time, change your Filipino identity? So like, you know, from a listener's perspective, as I was saying, it feels like it really just infused you with so much pride and so much like mm -hmm. motivation to continue to learn. Like you were telling us in Discord that they're helping you uh, learn Tagalog and, you know, you're sharing what you're learning with us and watching documentaries like The Kingmaker to learn kind of about the history of the Philippines and the politics and what's going on, like what are the hot topics out there and what are your thoughts on those? So like how have those things, you know, because likewise that was a, a big part of my journey too was like connecting to the history of the Philippines and kind of uncovering all of this like really ugly, ugly nastiness. Um, I have been in contact with them since after mom and I, came back from the Philippines together because I did go with her when in middle school. Um, that's a whole other story. It wasn't until freshman year of starting college that I decided to send out a search party. And mom said, well, it's going to go one way or the other. It's going to be really easy to find them because my birth mother actually worked in the orphanage. Or it, you won't hear from them 
And that's the obvious answer. And she also suspects that I didn't decide to search for them because I was afraid to like hurt her feelings. So when I went to college, mm. I just like strangely just started the search for them. So I thought that was an interesting observation and she was probably right. So after that, like right away, that was, that was in like November, 2010. So when I came back for Christmas break, it was the oh my letter, gosh. the whole envelope. This was, Oh wow. That that's a big envelope. It was sitting on my bed, like just before Christmas, I think some days before Christmas. And it was such a great Christmas surprise. And in there were all the handwritten oh letters to Gog and translated into English. Handwritten letters from each family member of my immediate family. So wow. Answered really fast. And it was mostly because, again, like I said, um, my mom worked in the orphanage. And, oh and in, you know, I think they made it clear that they would love to reply if I ever reached out. So I had a letter from Mila, my elder sister, the one I we were really close with when I was in the Philippines. My mother also um, replied in her own letter. My older brother, Jeffrey, drew something, which was funny form of letter, but maybe, I don't know, maybe he doesn't know how to write. I actually don't know that about him. He drew something for me. And then um, the other siblings had their own families. I have four half siblings. So the, the last two elder siblings. Um, I don't think they could write to me because they're busy with their own families or I don't know if they reached out to them. So after that, it was after graduation. This is where Lish comes in. It was after graduation that I got a Facebook request, a friend request from a girl named Mila Ramirez. And I was like, Ramirez, oh my God, that's my, that was my last name. Is this, is this my sister? And I accept it. She goes, hi, it's your sister. And I was like, oh my God. And, wow. and we immediately Skype. And I asked her, like, oh, you know, Facebook's been around for a while. Like, I'm just kind of curious, like, no hard feelings. Uh, what took so long for you to reach out to me via Facebook? And she goes, I spelled your last name wrong because I feel like <laughs> the Filipino pronunciation of paricom, uh, I heard everyone say this, paricombe. So they literally oh. spelled it the way they pronounced it. Love it. So <sighs> our last name is P-U-P-E-I-C-O-M-B-E. Oh my gosh. Who would have guessed that yeah. she was looking for you and just spelling yeah. it the wrong um, way? That's finally, wild. Yeah. From there, we uh, I got to Skype her. I got to Skype our mother quickly. She was, I think, just like blind in one eye. So I think she could sort of see me. Hmm. But it was hard to understand her, of course. Uh, we met our other relatives who were allowing them to be in the house in the moment they were Skyping me because they had good Wi-Fi. And it turned out those relatives are the ones I hung out with, my cousins, here. So that was a cool thing I learned when I was getting to know them in my trip, my recent trip. So we skipped a few times, but like after that, like on the way again, and I, I only really probably skipped them once a year. And it wasn't to finally being with them and like forming a bond and all the laughter and the jokes and just feeling yeah. easily myself around them that I felt inclined to stay in touch more than ever. Like we still, yeah, yeah, we still message each other, video chat. I show them what I'm doing, where I'm going, where I'm working. I just sent one of my cousins like a video of me at work at the rock climbing job. We're like prepping and training for opening day tomorrow. So I sent her videos of me just like in all this gear, SWAT team gear. <laughs> 
And, you know, like, yeah, just Skype, you know, you know how, you know how technology is. It can make you feel close, but it's just not enough. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's just another person you're Skyping. It's nothing. I don't, I don't know how to explain that tangibility or lack of mm-hmm. when it comes to Skyping versus seeing someone in person. But after, after seeing her Mila and learning her mannerisms, her facial expressions, what she reacts to or rolls her eyes to like everything, just like all the little things that are little things, but they make up 1 million things is, is what made me just like fall in love with my family again and get to know them and care about them and care about everyone who's not my family, like care about Filipinos in general. Like mm. it was somewhere between when we started talking about politics, because yeah, before I left for the Philippines, uh, the Philippine elections happened. So like, yes, yeah, we we were blowing up Discord with that. Paulette, yeah. who is part of the audience here, um, yeah, shout was, out to our beautiful intern. Paulette. Yeah, Paulette was just killing it in our Discord, giving us updates like the play by play with with the Philippine elections. It was pretty wild. <laughs> I would love to revisit that in Discord, just like everything she said about it, oh, yeah. like all the links she's provided. Because prepping for the Philippines made it hard to like kind of be in the zone in the Discord zone. And the, but when I came back and when I, I guess, yeah, developed this newborn fondness of my country, I like read back to some of the stuff we talked about with the Philippine elections that happened recently and decided to watch Kingmaker. And it made me care mm-hmm. about my country even more because I'm like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. shit, like my country being screwed over by selfish, corrupt, super really like their perspective is so twisted. They truly believe in what they think is right, which is kind of the problem. But but there's nothing you can do about that. I don't know. Side rant about Philippine politics. Yeah, they're all countries, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember right before you went that we were talking in Discord about kind of having those conversations with your family because, you, oh. as you mentioned, there are a lot of Filipinos in support of the Marcos. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people in general that, and I mean, you can say the same thing about America, right? There yeah. are lots of people that support people on both sides. So, and those people aren't necessarily like the enemies because they support someone that you don't understand, like watching the Kingmaker, you know, about Amelda Marcos, even you have mixed feelings. And it's like, on one hand, you feel, you know, really kind of empathetic for her or sympathetic for her, you know, and all that she's been through and why she's developed this like really hard shell around her and her family. and on the other hand, you're just like, it's harmful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so, so toxic and so, so harmful. And on the level, the magnitude to, you know, effect that she's caused uh, or her family has caused, it's kind of like both can be true. And how do we move forward? You know, how do you have those conversations with people who don't see it that way? And not just your family, just people in general. So it's an interesting topic. And I know that when you first learn about it after kind of being closed off to that for so long, you feel fiery and you feel passionate and you want to soak up all these resources and you want to watch every video and read every book. And, you know, because it's not available to us in schools, in the education, you know, academia books and things like that. Yeah. If you see anything, it's warped, it's morphed into, you know, the narrative that the old narrative that we're trying to rewrite now. So it's a very convoluted process. And I respect anyone who kind of dives headfirst into it like you have, like I did. I think 
Uh, Jen was there throughout my whole kind of like process where I was really kind of going through what you're going through now and wanting to soak up everything, wanting to know everything and wanting to like do as much as I could to, you know, speak out about it and combat everything that I was learning about. And it's a long journey is all I can say. And it's, you feel different at times, you know, so I appreciate again, you just sharing with us, you being transparent so present in discord and always just letting your thoughts unfold with us on these kinds of things because it's interesting to see how people's kind of attitude or behaviors change as they get oh hello (laughs) (laughs) as they get into the learning process of it all so yes i'm just reliving vicariously through your experience all over again thank you and to add to that like when you especially have been for what I have meeting your family and learning to love and care about them and everything they love and care about, it is also especially sad to watch them fall for the Filipino equivalent of fake news, basically, especially when it's in your face because uh, we're staying in touch on Facebook. So I'm just watching and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, and that's I'm, I was kind of blessed by the fact that I couldn't understand them or they couldn't understand me all the time because who knows what would have happened. <laughs> If we could understand each other just fine over recent Filipino politics. (laughs) So I would love to quickly say hi to my friend Dee. They are finally joining us and we are so excited to have them. Dee, hi, how you doing? (laughs) Um, Yes, Dee had mentioned to me that they were planning on hopping on after work. So we're glad you could join us, Dee. Uh, do you want to have some quick words you want to share? Like, I, I didn't mean like pulling you on the spot, but do you want to <laughs> you want to say anything real quick about Suki? Oh, sorry about that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Suki, thank you so much for showing me this podcast and inviting me to come on today. I'm still so I can't wait to see you tomorrow and catch up and hear everything about your trip. I am also a Filipino adoptee, so this is so near and dear to my heart. And Jen and Nani, I love your show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you here. And Nani, in case you didn't uh, catch that, Dee is also a an adoptee and is also Filip- Filipinx. So it's really great to oh, nice. have you here. And wow, just wow. <laughs> I know, that's beautiful. Thank you for joining. Dee, we're happy to have you. Well, yeah, Suki, again, just I second everything that Nani had shared. And so it's interesting because now the next question I would typically ask at this point is, you know, give us a snapshot of your life today. However, I, I want to ask that differently um, because you just came back from the Philippines. And I think the question I want to ask is, and, and actually the other comment I want to me- mention before I get to this question is, I love how you were in touch with your biological family for a number of years before you went back to the Philippines. Because in my mind, when you had shared to us that you were going to the Philippines, I thought, oh, my gosh, like this is going to be so emotional, you know, for Suki. And, you know, we're ready to give her our emotional support and, you know, everything like I was already like mentally prepared for this. And it just seemed so seamless for you. And that makes a lot of sense now that you've given us that context that you've been in touch with your biological family this whole time. So I just wanted to mention that. And so I feel like we've caught you at a very opportune time. Like I feel, and at least for me, and, and we we're kind of talking a little bit about this offline. I know that you are still processing your trip. And so I'm curious that with all that you know now, as you process everything, I'm curious, what does this mean for you now and moving forward based on what you've processed so far? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
all I can say in this processing, I am just like so high right now. I'm being a panai. Just like Ooh, that rhymes. <laughs> wow, that's such a good line. I love that. That's probably gonna be the quote of this episode. I'm so that's high on being panai. Be the title. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. Okay, I yeah. am Penai. <laughs> fun to say. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. We should make a sticker. <laughs> um, I pretty much dove back into just studying everything I can about the Philippines. My parents, one of the great things about my childhood with them is that they always had this pile put to the side of like Filipino stuff, Filipino culture, food, people language, holidays, etc. Folklore, that's one of my favorite books I have here. And they're all right here in my room. Like I have like currently at nighttime to like lull myself to sleep. Um so I get a good night rest for my busy summer schedule is this book called Culture Shock. And mm. while it may be a little outdated, who knows if Filipinos act like that now? By reading this now, it was kind of fun to look back on my time in the Philippines recently and be like, oh yeah, that I caught that mannerism or that interaction, and now I understand what it means. Like, for example, my my cousin's wife, Mary Chu, she she does this thing where it's like raise the eyebrows and then like pout. And point with the lips, yeah. Yeah, point, point yep. with the lips. Sometimes it meant she was confirming and saying yes or acknowledging something. Other times it was just one of those like, go over there, like, I have your malone. She gave me malone, like. I have a gift for you, like things mm-hmm. like that. For a while, I was like, she doesn't like me because <laughs> it was such a stoic, even though it had moving muscles in the face, it felt like a stoic, like, I don't know what that means. I was like, yeah, I don't know what to take, how to read her for a bit. But then we ended up being really close. Mm. She was like She was kind of like my fashionista, my little, what do you call those uh, people whose job is to dress you up? A fashion designer? <laughs> yeah. A stylist, just, stylist, stylist. Yeah, she's my personal <laughs> stylish. Like, yeah. I think you'll like this. She had me try my first Filipina dress. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce it right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Filipina. Not my style, yeah. not my taste. But I was very honored to be wearing something that is a traditional woman's dress. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she let me wear, I'm, I don't know if she just casually lets anyone wear that thing. But it was fun. It was there, a very spontaneous. Like we we're just having a chill day we didn't work we didn't go anywhere and then she just randomly says oh i know you're interested in anything filipino here is this traditional filipino woman's dress would you like to try it on and it became like hours of just like photo shoot i felt like like royalty they were doing the whole like chin up suki pose like this <laughs> paparazzi paparazzi Love and that. Glam, glam, glam. and i was just like sweating from how thick that dress is <laughs> the fact that i'm in the philippines it's like hot in there hot there in there outside it's hot everywhere so yeah just back to our original topic just it was just been really fun to dive into the philippines and and feel yes feel more filipino but realizing i was always filipino yeah you know i said i was like stressing myself out before the trip trying to filipinize myself but I was always Filipino, and but it, it it feels nice to still feel more as you do all this research. And actually, I want to really emphasize right now, part of my processing coming back has been cooking. Ah. I, which can attest to this. 
I was not a cook in that relationship. <laughs> D, this is my ex slash best friend, Lish. And I'm, I'm saying that now because, uh, again, Lish can attest I was not the cook in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was the housewife at the time, she was the one working and it's and she, even though she's the better cook, I don't know why she made me cook all the time. Anyway, <laughs> my mom, she got me this Filipino cookbook. Oh my gosh, I love it. Like literally a couple of days ago, she saw that I had come back and that I immediately, the first thing I wanted to do with the family was cook the pancit. Pancit, yeah. Pancit, pancit. Some pato, pato sabao, sabao. Yeah, I don't know like a different kind. I don't know. Paula, maybe Paulette could it help us here. I don't know how to rich, pronounce like anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think different <laughs> regions make it differently. There's like three different types of pancit, and I never know which type I'm eating, but I like it all. <laughs> Paulette just says soup. Just call it soup. <laughs> what? It's not soup. <laughs> noodles, noodles, like glass yeah, noodles. So funny. With yeah. vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. So I made a Filipino noodles basically with the typical popular toppings of chili pepper and salted eggs and well not in this dish but that's our typical dishes anyway but i I made i made my family filipino dish as a way to connect both worlds Mm -hmm. together with food and as a way to practice my awful cooking skills so it was really really thoughtful it was just an afterthought gift that mom gave me this cookbook when she saw that i was coming back and i was trying to cook Filipino stuff because I've never cared to pick up the pan before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If it helped you feel any better, when I moved to the East Coast like four years ago, that's the first time I taught myself how to cook and I was 30. So, like, yeah, it's never too late, y'all. Yeah, you and me. It's hard. (laughs) It is hard. So much into cooking. I think I enjoy eating too much and doing the cooking is like, takes the joy out of it for me. (laughs) I want to enjoy food, (laughs) not work for it. Like as a parkour athlete, I would come home late at night and I just don't want to cook. I just Mm -hmm. feed me, just fall from the thin air and feed me. Like Totally. (laughs) Like someone feed me, I'm hungry. So we had just said goodbye to Nani and I wanted to take at least another 30 minutes to, uh, or like, I don't have to take the full 30 minutes, but you know, I at least have another window here since he had decided to join us. And I'm going to take this time now to talk with our audience members, actually. So Lish, you have been listening so intently. And I thought I would ask you first, because Suki had mentioned early on how she knew early on that she was like the only in, in her community being the only like BIPOC brown girl. And I'm, I guess I guess I'm curious to know how that lands with you, you know, considering how, you know, for lack of a better term, you are white, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like what your perspective is in hearing Suki share all this so candidly. And the reason why I'm asking is because I'm very much immersed in the white community myself. And I don't often ask like my white counterparts like, hey, so like, what's it like to be around me? You know, so I, I'm curious if you have any thoughts that you want to share, you know, based on what you have shared so far. Yeah. So firstly, I want to say, you know, that Suki isn't just like the only BIPOC person in her school or her community or anything like that. She's the only one of her kind anywhere <laughs> because she is that unique, that genuine. Yes. Just, just Suki's that like, amazing. stop. <laughs> 
so being with Suki was almost like there was this like really great specialness about it because unfortunately and fortunately wherever Suki goes she's like under a spotlight Mm. and so it was really nice sometimes just like getting that second hand like spotlight from her just because um, she does stick out everywhere she goes and she uh, not only does that by just walking around being herself but also because Suki has like so many gifts and, and talents you know, she's a fantastic artist. She's an amazing athlete. I think one of her most beautiful gifts, you know, is she has like a hauntingly beautiful like voice. And so, you know, being able to like uh, be on that first Skype call and I-, I wasn't in the room, you know, when she was first meeting her family or anything like that. But it's like 2 a.m. in the morning because of the time difference and everything. And she's like, trying to meet her birth mom and her you know her birth mom is like blind so she can't see her and you know Suki can't speak Tagalog Mm. so it was this amazing feeling to be in the next room and just listen to Suki just like reverently break out into song and acapella like sing this beautiful like I think it was a Japanese song you know so not English (laughs) not Tagalog but just like but, uh, it, you know, in a way, just, like, communicate to her family with this, like, magical gift uh, that she does have. And so, to, I guess, to just full circle, you know, like, answer your question um, about how how is it, you know, being around Suki. Sometimes, sometimes it would be difficult, uh, but I think... It was difficult for a lot of reasons. It's difficult because she's an, a, you know, an attractive girl, and she was always constantly be catcalled, and wow. like just constantly be yelled at from afar. And people, you know, they think that life is their own personal show, and would just continuously like point her out and 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 call her out for a numerous amount of things. And so that was sort of the negative. I, I don't even want to say negative because I want to like focus on like strength based words. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like talking about that positivity, but that's how how it could be like uh, sometimes. But in going full circle with you know her getting to sing to her family and everything like that on the first night, it was equally as amazing to watch all the karaoke videos from this recent trip that Love she it. had with her family and just. Like all Suki's, all Suki family members can sing. <laughs> so it was great. Wow, I learned something new about you, Suki. I didn't know you you sing, so that's that is fun. Apparently, <laughs> it's a Filipino thing, so it's not just me, hey, man. It's it's one of those stereotypes that you just have to kind of own it. It's like yeah, yeah, we're good singers, so you yeah. know. No. I will accept that stereotype. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lish, thank you so much for sharing and for being here and just showing your support. It, it's really only in the last... Actually, I think we started it with Paulette, who's here in the chat. I think, Paulette, you were the first interview we did <laughs> where we actually started to bring on an audience. And I have to say, this is so much fun because yes. I don't have to work as hard, for one. But two, because this isn't about me, you know, this is about the co- our collective voices and, you know, really showing our guests and their tribe. You know, I, I am just fortunate to create a space 
for people such as Suki to bring on her people, you know, and I get to bask in that and live vicariously through all of your stories. So I just want to thank you all for choosing to be here, you know, on video and audio to, you know, be a part of the Tifa family. Uh, Dee, you just joined us and you are a fan of our show. So I just want to say it's great to meet you. It's great to see a, a listener visibly and would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and how you know Suki. And I guess a little bit about the show too, because I know that you listen to our show. Yeah, thank you so much. And Suki, again, thank you so much for showing me this amazing podcast. And it's been, I just, I can't even believe I'm like seeing you right now, Jen. Like when oh. we were texting oh, wow. yesterday. I'm like bashful like, right now. Seriously, I'm texting a celebrity. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, I'm a celebrity. Oh my God. Like I'm just gonna like shrink in my chair. Okay. Anyway, thank you. For, I, will, I will receive your compliment. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, Suki and I met two years ago. I also live in Vermont. And we met at some of the Black Lives Matter protests. And then we just kind of got closer through that community. And then we were roller skating once. Suki, is it okay if I share the story? Just Everything. Like, okay. <laughs> She's like, okay. We, were, we were roller skating together and we were just like chatting. And then we both found out that we had all of these connections. Um, and it was just like, I was reeling from that day for like a long time. It just, it was really special to be able to share that with you. And as I mentioned, begin earlier, um, I'm also adopted and mixed too. And growing up, I felt very alone in a lot of my experiences. So it just getting emotional just thinking about it, but it just really meant and means so much to me to have Suki in my life. And I've been, I watched your Instagram story so many times. <laughs> I can't even tell you. And I'm just, I'm so immensely happy for you that you got to have those experiences. And I just, I love you a lot. And I can't wait to talk with you so much more about I everything. Know, I can't wait to tell you more about our ass. <laughs> <laughs> just coming out of her. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to explode. <laughs> oh, we're going to hang out for Pride tomorrow night. I'm excited to catch up with them about that, about the trip and Pride and blah, blah, blah. And more about how, what they've been up to. Yeah. I love it. Um, Thank you. I know that we have your mom here, Barbara, uh, muted. But I, I imagine, uh, Barbara, maybe with a nod or a thumbs up, like you must be getting a lot out of this <laughs> out of this conversation, just just listening to everyone talking. Yeah. And, and just so our listeners know, she's nodding with a huge smile and she just put like two thumbs up. So it's great. It's great mm -hmm. to have you, Barbara, along with us. So wow. So Suki, as we start to wrap up here, I'm curious if there is a big life lesson or a big epiphany or a big message that you want to share with our community and our listeners today based on your journey so far, especially at this point in your journey? So as an adoptee, I think it's important to go at your pace of whether you want to meet your birth family or not, and that it's okay if you don't want to. Mm. I just want to put that out there. This is a story about adoption. And I'm aware that not every adoptee has a happy ending or happy beginning, happy middle, happy ending. It, it, everyone's so different. But I know that the, the, in that whole foster care adoption system, there can be abuse. Mm. And I want you to know that I want, I hope my story reaches out to you and gives you hope or courage or just pure inspiration to reconnect. And if not, again, not a big deal. Like, 
you are you. No one can tell you who to be based on stereotypes of your ethnicity. No one can tell you if you're not Filipino enough or if you're too white passing, like you know who you are. I think also it's important to realize that it takes time to realize I'm 31 years old. It was my birthday the day before I left to go meet my family in the Philippines. And at 31 years old, I'm like, I'm much more like mellow and very more content with who I am. But I realized, you know, maybe it might take longer for someone else to realize that whether or not you're an adoptee, if you're just cruising for life, BIPOC, white, whatever, I hope you find out that in your identity, there can be multiple identities and that can be really exciting. It's kind of like looking at different hobbies. Like I have different hobbies as Lish has pointed out and I enjoy all of them, but there was this moment of time where I was being pressured by, do I prosper and make money off of these hobbies? Do I tackle that all at once in a financial approach? Will that give me happiness? And like through those communities that I have met through these hobbies, like who was I really? Who was I coming to? Like, I always felt like I was kind of like half foot in through the threshold of each community, parkour community, climbing, snowboarding, singing, art, geekiness, Filipino, whatever. And and I used to like think that was this torment, this torture of like, oh, I just feel this tug of war. But after coming back from the Philippines, I realized, ah, they're just they're just all pieces of me and let them let them be there, let them mix. Sometimes it's nice to step back and let them be their own thing in their own time, give them each a spotlight, nurture them. Don't ever feel conflicted by different parts of you because they make up the whole of you. I used to think that not having gone to the Philippines or stay connected with my heritage had given me these missing pieces and that, and I thought that was a bad thing, but they were never missing pieces. They were just simply pieces of me. And I don't want anyone to go through that. And if they do, and they probably will, against my wishes, they probably will. I, I really hope that you find your chosen family, adopted or not, birth family or not, friends, coworkers, teammates. I hope you find the chosen family that will help you feel safe to express any of these doubts and, yeah, help you make you feel safe. Wow. Mic drop, y'all. How do I even wrap up from here? Nani, I need you. You just left me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. My other half is gone. That's funny. I, I totally did this at the book club too. If you remember, I was just like, Nani's not here. I love everything that you shared, Suki. And one thing that really stood out in my mind is I, I tend to find that, you know, for people who start to learn about our podcast and, and get more involved, there's sort of this like rush of, this desire to like learn as much about being Filipino as possible, as quickly as possible. And I just want to say, in addition to what you shared, that your existence and how you express yourself is enough. Like you don't have to have a PhD in Filipino to be Filipino, just your existence, you know, because your existence is representative of all the people who came before you and all the people who supported you, you know, and yeah. 
I'm just happy. I'm happy that like we continue to have amazing guests such as you and the bonus episodes we release every now and then <laughs> to demonstrate that our community is so multifaceted, so multi-layered. And that's what makes it so beautiful. And I think that's why we often have a diverse group of people be drawn to our show, even though it says Filipino American Woman Project. We've had all sorts of people come to our show and support us. And I do think that we are sharing something really universal here, which is just that constant desire for self-discovery, but also self-acceptance. It's like, I am okay. I am enough just as I am. So deal with it or not. There's a door, you know, <laughs> like, and I get to choose my chosen family from here on out. So, wow. What are we even getting? Oh, yes, yes. Let's wrap up. Let's see. So Paulette is uh, putting some heart emojis in the chat. And yeah, I think I, I'm just going to give a shout out to Paulette there really quick. So Suki, as we wrap up here, I imagine that there are going to be people who want to reach out to you. Let us know how people can find you online. You can find me on my Instagram handle, CalGirlNinja. It has an underscore in between CalGirl and the Ninja. And I'm wearing the same hat you see in this video if you have access to that in the bonus episode. Okay, you got to tell me about your hat, though, because you wear it like literally every time we're on video. <laughs> so it, Lish is like, Lish already knows. So... Tell us the tell us the backstory really quick because I, I want to know this once and for all. Like not not I mean it was just I was just so so curious. Like from day one, I was like, this is definitely her brand. But you gotta tell us. Tell us a little bit about your hat. <laughs> it started before Alicia's time. She's gonna argue this. My childhood friend Sydney just randomly for my birthday saw a pair of cowgirl boots <laughs> that happened to be my size because my feet are tiny ass little shits. And she was like, ah, maybe Suki will like this. Like I had no interest in Western cowgirl stuff <laughs> before that. And then Love I tried it. these on. I'm like, I look great. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, I, was, I just started, you know, just strutting around in them. And then the cowgirl hat came along later when I think Lish and I, we, we were in a thrift store in Lish and we saw the hat. I forget. Take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> Go Lish. Yeah. All I know is that Suki has always been a cowgirl, will always be a cowgirl. It totally fits her. I don't think there needs to be any sort of underlying, like, grand story before <laughs> that or after that. I just know that this girl will be buried in those boots. <laughs> yes, there are me with these boots. You may have the spare cowgirl hats I have. But I'm, this is being on my my memorial statue. Yes. My epic badass memorial statue if you can afford it. Actually, no. I told everyone, just bury me as a tree. Like, <laughs> don't spend money on me like that. Like, no. <laughs> but I'm surprised Lish didn't argue and say, uh, I'm the one that inspired her to like Western things. Because Lish was like, she definitely had been more into the Western movies and the look before, um, before we met. So I'm surprised she didn't... <laughs> This show is all about you. I'm not trying to come up here and contest you or anything like that. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, Lish, thank you. Thank you so much. And I've been wanting to find like a hat, but I feel like, like, you know, my husband got me one of those hats that make me look like an Asian fisherman, you know, like a straw hat. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock that. So <laughs> like, <laughs> Do I want to tell you, I, it's, it's actually surprisingly more simple than you think. I got this from, uh, Party City, you know, that uh, store that I do know Party City. It actually starts off brown like this. And then I just took it and I pinched it like this. Oh, that and then is amazing. I added the goggles 
eBay, steampunk goggles. But funny enough, when I was in the Philippines, of all places in the world where I thought I would find cowgirl hats, like a slew of them, we went in the mall to find me souvenirs mm-hmm. and a giant pile of cowgirl hats, this exact brand, on that table in the mall in the Philippines, of all places. And I was like, what? And I bought myself a new pair. And then when I saw that my little niece really liked it, I gave it to her. Aww. So I So okay. we have photos of us cool. side by side. I dig it. I, yeah, when I'm ready to kind of like style my own hat, you'll be the first person I reach out to. All right. So, um, Lish, D, Barbara, and Paulette, and Nani, who's not here. It's okay. I love you, Nani. Just thank you all for this conversation. This is really the second interview we've done where we have an audience. So just thank you for your openness and being a part of this. And yeah, this is a this was a really great conversation, you know, to our listeners. If you want to connect with Suki, we'll have her contact information in the show notes. But you can also hang out with us on Discord. Like her, like she's very active on there. Um again, you don't have to be Filipino to be on there. We have all sorts of fun people. <laughs> Uh, on there. It's always very surprising. Oh, like these people are listening to the show. That's great. Uh, but with that said, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. You know how to get a hold of us if you want to, but let me remind you Google Voice 415 484 8329. You can email Nani and I either at Jen, J E N, at tifaproject.com. That's T F A W, as in the Filipino American woman project.com or nani at tifaproject.com and yeah i'm just gonna stop there and also lastly sorry not i wasn't gonna stop there because i'm highly caffeinated you can support us on biasboba.com if you enjoyed this conversation and want to continue to support filipina-led media with that said we love and appreciate you all and we'll chat with you in the next episode which we don't know when it's going to be because it's a bonus episode so stay tuned or again join us on biasboba.com or the Discord community, and you'll get the latest updates on there. And we will chat with you in the next episode. See you next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like- <laughs>